0: Hello and welcome to the Young Contouchables podcast. Um, I'm your host, Jake Brown, and in this episode, I'm joined by um, the one and only Paul Woodage. So, Paul himself uh, is a um, tour guide and uh, historian and has been on the continent now for about 20 years. And um, yeah, we're going to have a little chat with him today. So, hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. No, no, you're very welcome, mate. You're very welcome. So, <clears throat> sort of start off with. Uh, how did you get sort of get into basically tour guiding, if that's sort of a word or a phrase? Well it can be. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's
1: it, it it's an odd one really. Um I got into it because I don't remember ever not being interested in World War Two. So I mean yeah. I I am the I'm the same age as all the people like Al Murray and James Holland. Mm-hmm. We're all within about two or three years of the same age. Childhood was Airfix Kits, Warlord Comics, Commando Comics. War films on the TV, Guns and Never Own, playing, you know, World War II in the back garden with our mates. Mm. And and I've always been doing things. So I would do I did a bit of voluntary work in museums, did a bit of film extra work, did a bit of reenactment, living history, and I'd been taking groups over to battlefields. Actually, I was going to Arnhem more frequently than I was going to Normandy, but then yeah. an opportunity came up. I was in my early thirties. I thought, you know what, I kind of a bit bored with what I was doing, and I moved to France. And I didn't know I was going to become a tour guide. I thought I might get a gig in a museum or something. Or I don't. Know. I didn't really have I didn't really have a plan. The fifty-three-year-old me looks back on what the thirty-two-year-old me did and thinks, "Why were you doing that?" But that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. because I was thirty-two and didn't know any better. But it all kind of worked out okay, and I ended up with a, you know <clears throat> guiding. I had a company with mm. seven or eight employees, and and mm. now I'm in a different kind of position where I do some guiding, but I do other stuff and writing and speaking and stuff. And um yeah, of course, yeah. But you can't kind of separate separate me from World War Two. It's all
0: it, it is. <laughs> I am it. It is me. And yeah. I, I, that's that's how it is. Sort of runs through your veins. Yeah, no, definitely no. Um, and obviously, like, obviously through that, and then for the past year or two actually I'm not really sure. How long has World War Two TV been going now? Well, nearly three years, but it kind of mm. changed
1: format. And I started mm. off thinking I wanted to make my own proper little documentaries where I'd go out and take mm. footage mm. and go back and edit them and put music <coughs> on and images and stuff. And I did a couple of them, but found I hated the editing. I hated losing yeah, yeah. the spontaneity of coming from a guiding background you know so I had 20 mm. years of taking people out to the beaches and the battlefields and speaking mm. to them on the spot and you react with them and you 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 take well, from what they're saying and it steers the way the conversation's going and you react to their yeah. questions and so on and so forth and I found the whole <clears throat> the editing was boring and I found yeah. that loss of spontaneity um exactly uh, yeah restricting so then covid happened and I thought well I my guiding world just (laughs) disappeared, me and all my friends suddenly had no work. And I thought, well, how can I how can I fill the void? So I started Mm. calling on mates to just sort of chat to them as you are doing now, but kind of on YouTube and with video about stuff and just talking about battles and books and and things. And then and now that's that's what World War Two TV has become. It's always live Um, and and I realized that's actually what I wish I'd been doing when I started World War Two TV. So it's kind of three years. But really, only t- nearly
0: two years of actually doing it the way I want to do it. If <laughs> that makes think, sense, no, I think that's absolutely fair enough. No, I think you saying about editing, yeah, that's sort of the main thing. Like with me with YouTube or anything like that, it, it's a, it's all right just filming the video or filming doing whatever. It's just because the editing is just adds a whole new level of just like it's almost like a chore. So yeah, yeah, and it it, it takes the whole it takes all the fun out of it. But no, I completely understand. And yeah, that sort of passion as well that i've seen through like your your live streams and all the episodes you've done and like um and the little review uh sort of um reviews you've been doing as well on like um the reaction the shows yeah yeah, yeah. we'll do some more the of them soon games. yeah the, on the video games and that should have been quite good um which i have quite enjoyed i think one of my i think one of my favorite um uh lives you did was uh about 231 brigade on, uh, mm. on gold beach which was really really good because um in regards to like what my youtube and all that, and family history like there's a lot of rot- um, rotation around like the hampshire regiment etc like my father etc served with them and and all that sort of thing so very much you doing that episode was was great because you were sort of following as the brigade as the brigade went etc where they landed and and how they sort of came up of things like with, with like wn37 and etc cetera, etc cetera, was just it was it was fantastic and how and because you have like guys on the ground following the routes etc it's it's fantastic
1: yeah, and I, and I I will be doing some more of those, <clears throat> although they are slightly more difficult to do now yeah, yeah, because yeah. Mag, who does the filming for me, mm. is now working as a guide again because tours have started, so she can't be yeah. in two places at once. A couple of other people, yeah. they're also guides, so they're also working. And also, when I was doing them in the original days, they were a bit clunky and not very mm. professional, and it was all okay because <clears throat> the only people watching were kind of my mates and my mate's yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now there's this audience beyond kind of woody's circle so i've got to exactly, be
0: exactly got to
1: be slicker slicker now so i will do some of them again mm. um and i i love doing that. i love doing the live ones but i will mm. when i do them again i will have backup footage i've already taken so if i go out i will take footage <coughs> on the recce of the location so that if yeah. on the day the signal with the phone doesn't work or it's raining or whatever yeah, exactly, yeah. i've got footage in the can but th- those ones were the they're, the they're the most fun to do mm. but they also involve the most preparation and there's the more, yeah, more course, things yeah. that can go wrong with them because you're, again you're doing it all live um mm. and you know people are they are very forgiving but i i i'm a not a perfectionist because that makes it sound like everything's got to be exactly right yeah so no, I'm of course a, i'm a wanting things to be good kind of person yeah and yeah. Well, there's uh, things I look back on. I was doing, it, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. And I think, oh, I wouldn't do it that way again. All yeah. that was all a bit clunky, and yeah. the camera wasn't very good there. But yeah, no, it's 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 about connecting people <coughs> to locations. I think is the thing. That's why, and, and live is cool. It's it, we're, we're in a world now where I think we need to have that instant feedback. We need to think we're part hmm. of things. that when, when I was a kid, TV was just talked, talked at you. And now, you know, you can immediately respond on Twitter and social media, you can interact mm-hmm. with the guests and the presenters, and things like that. And I think we're in the world now where there's more of a a connection between the mm-hmm. program makers, so to speak, and the audience. So someone like yourself with podcasting and doing things, it's, the, it's that uh, connection and interaction, I think makes it kind of lively.
0: No, exactly, exactly. I think as well. Like I think as you said, it's um. I think as you put it, you don't you're not a perfectionist, but it's a case of just like you don't want to be putting out content that's not not worthy. But I uh, know I get what you mean, though. Yeah, it's, you it's, of, it's, yeah. The the
1: the the history has got to be good. Even exactly, if the, exactly. The imagery exactly. isn't. I mean, that's that's why, you know, I like, the, I like the way sometimes we call it on my channel, we call it rabbit holes. Someone will mention something, mm. and suddenly we go off down a rabbit hole that we weren't planning yeah. to do. It's like when I was, you talked about the 231 show, that was with Peter Caddick Adams. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing a show where Peter was joining me live to talk about the Ardennes. It was very serious. Mm. We were having a big conversation about mm. um, um, the German high command and the folly of the plan. And suddenly, out mm. of nowhere, Peter said, "It rather reminds me of the Whitney Houston autobiography I was reading last <laughs> week. I was like, where the hell did this come from?' A, I, I didn't know, ever know that Whitney Houston was going to come into a World War II show, and that Peter Caddick Adams, of exactly, people yeah. would kind of have a penchant for for the late departed Miss Houston, but that was a wonderful kind of moment. And, and the parallel mm. was, by the way, if I because people now were listening, said, what do I mean? How can you bring Whitney Houston into a World War II show? Is of of the fact that she got caught up in things where people are saying yes to." All the time, and that's some of yeah. a, that, that demise of pop stars by no one being brave enough to say, <laughs> "Stop doing the drugs, exactly, old yeah. man," or whatever. And, yeah, a, yeah. and there's a parallel with Hitler in that you get to that point where no one is prepared to say, "You know what, Adolf? This plan is Looney Tunes. Don't do it," because yeah. he kills people who say that. So. There is a slight a slight <clears throat> connection between Whitney Houston and Adolf Hitler in that regard. That's, um, that's an amazing connection, actually. <laughs> I quite like that. But it does it does make sense though. Now, <clears> no, absolutely, I does actually, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. is enough of a connection to not make it completely
0: surreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You get that better connection with it, I think, as well. If you add things like that as well, it sort of well, um... it's it, it, people love analogies. They
1: love they <clears> love to. <throat> have, to connect things in what they're doing, and that, you know that's going back to my guiding profession. Mm-hmm. The 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 thing that I think separates a good tour guide from a bad tour guide is connecting the history to the people you're talking to, and exactly. as the same may exactly. apply if you're doing living history or something. Is that you don't you shouldn't have a one size fits all presentation. Mm-hmm. Who am I talking to today? What is their connection with? Do they have any interest in this? And if they've got no interest, you can still mm-hmm. engage with them, but you you <clears> pitch it at a different level. That if you're exactly. talking to someone who's dad was in the Hampshire regiment, whatever it would be. So it's about adapting <coughs> to, to the audience you've got. And as we know from reenactment, living history and tour guide, not mm. everybody can do that. It's not, a, mm. it's not, it's a skill. Everyone should have, but sadly a lot don't have it, but
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause it's sort of like a teaching skill as well. You sort of trying to accommodate different sort of uh, learning levels or et cetera. It's, it's kind of like that, but on a more sort of broader basis, depending on who your audience is, et cetera. Yeah, no, it's yeah, um, exactly. It was it's definitely a thing because obviously when I was doing my talk at the festival recently, that was the kind of thing I was like, thing in my audience, and it was like, especially when I had family there as well. I'm like, okay, how do I how do I think this around? But no, it it went away and um, it it got because I was doing it on um, Operation Sea Line, so right. it was a case of just like trying to um, be not relevant but like keep it keeping it light but not too because we only had like half an hour slots for the whole thing, so it was a case of like keeping it in. Interactive in a way, so I've got sort of a bit of bounce back between me and the audience, etc. so I can get a little bit of feedback and so which it was it went really good and I had some good questions about like the auxiliaries et cetera, and that was a nice little thing in which I then added some more bits into the next day which which worked really really well, so
1: yeah, it's just trying to well, that's the, that, that's the thing yeah is, is that it's you've got more than one chance you know there's always yeah. a there's always okay, the first one didn't go very well, the second one will go better, and you learn yeah. from it and exactly, what yeah. you, i mean that's i mean if, although weirdly. Um, that's what I was starting to find a bit restricted by touring. In that the problem yeah. with me being a tour guide is, is that you're like all the tour guides in Normandy. You're you're doing the greatest hits pretty much every single day. You'd yeah, yeah. love to be taking people to the obscure mm. inland where D Company mm. kicked off on June the seventeenth in a weird battle for a little wood between a farm yeah. and a hamlet. But actually, what you're doing is you're doing Pointe du Hoc and Pegasus Bridge and Omaha Beach. And so. Mm when you've done those stories a certain number of times, it does feel a bit, oh, God, I'm just going through this again yeah. and again and again. Even yeah. though you're adapting it for the audience, um, it, it is becoming a bit samey. Whereas what I do with my channel now is that, like, mm. so this week is raids and operations. Last week was Eastern Front. The week after, mm. next, next week is kind of racism and tolerance for minorities within the forces. So yeah, I, ne- yeah. I do return to subjects again, but essentially, I'm going into a completely new subject night after night. And I, I yeah. like that thing. Oh, here we go again. What am Where's this one going to go? And it means I'm exactly, my, yeah. on, the, on my toes with the research and the prep and stuff. Mm. But I love that.
0: I love, I love tackling new subjects. So mm. it's,
1: it's interesting.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Cause this is why I've sort of, I've really enjoyed like your, the content you've been putting out and, and everything through your channel, because it's something new every time. And I think you, when you, you've pointed out when you've been talking about like, you doing um tour guiding, etc., you want to sort of break those sort of um myths as well about certain things, as well as trying to um sort of guide people towards the more obscure and the more sort of um unknown things about, say, the Normandy campaign in general, I think, as well. Um, which which I think is fascinating because, as, as you said, like everyone wants to focus on Point of Hawk or Omaha or Pegasus Bridge or all things like that, but other things happened as well. Like, obviously, when been, uh, you're doing um the recent uh, episodes i think was it was it history secrets wasn't it i'm trying to remember his channel um oh history underground that's it that's it history JD, underground. yeah 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 when he's sort of been focusing on the little things like when you, you were talking about like um what happened on uh, juno beach etc and, and what happened afterwards as well and it was it's it was absolutely fascinating and like the bits you're focusing on there which is um which has been great and i know he's been trying to focus on more of the unknown bits as well which I think that sort of pairing is always great. Yeah. yeah, no, he, he's,
1: he's great. And he just <clears> just started <throat> doing shows again because he's just come back from, um, he spent the last month on the Polish-Ukrainian border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there of course, on, yeah. on relief work. So amazing yeah. guy, JD. But um, I mean, my my kind of, the thing that drives me now mm. is to make sure that we hear history from as many diverse voices as possible because exactly, yeah. there has been a bit of a gatekeeper <clears> aspect <throat> of it being middle-aged white guys. And I am a middle-aged white guys straight and so on so so but there's you know i'm doing a show on racism next week and it's well not so much racism but attitudes towards yeah yeah minorities yeah. and like yeah. that and you know, I could bring someone like Robert Lyman on to talk about the Indian army in Burma, but it's important to me to find someone Indian to talk about the Indian army in Burma, because that perspective of an Indian historian, I think is what we're not hearing as much. We are still, you go into your local Waterstones, wherever it would be a lot of the books going to, they're going to be about world war two are going to be by white middle class, often services, background, male straight, Um, tweed wearing historians and these are friends of mine these people and it's what they're saying is fine but to Mm -hmm. me it's far more important to bring in a a wide variety of voices so that when we hear about these things we hear them a different perspective and we go oh that's an interesting I'd never thought about it from that angle before I'd never thought about what it would be like to be to be a (coughs) you know a Gurkha from the from the Gurkha point of view as opposed to the British point of view. So that's, that's, but that is the eternal struggle is that, you Mm. know, you look at Amazons, look at who are publishing books on World War II. Mm. Mm. Most of them are white, middle class
0: Mm.
1: male authors. And, you know, trying to find people who aren't in that category Mm. is an uphill struggle with military history. But I I think,
0: yeah, I think another thing as well, especially with like um, the campaigns in the Far East and that, especially with like, a lot of the historians that are around that story are very much like local like they' they've they've become historians from through their family, if that makes sense, because their family was there at the point, and they it's very localized history, which I think is fascinating as well yep um so they literally know like from the people who were there, what happened in their village at that time, which I think is always fascinating that I think there's the stories which are always great, so it's things like that, and I think absolutely you're right, we need to get those voices and tell those stories from that perspective because that, that sort of gives a more wider view of the whole thing because it was a, a global well so it was a global war it wasn't just like it wasn't just Europe it wasn't just the North Atlantic or whatever it was everywhere so no exactly and, and it's you
1: know I think we are yeah. at the beginning of mm-hmm. a kind of an exciting period where we will be hearing about these things from other voices mm-hmm. I mean it's like um, Market Garden, which is a perennial favorite of mine, Ian Ballantyne's book, for example, includes mm. lots of civilian accounts. Now, yeah, yeah. you go back to the golden era of writing about Market Garden.
0: Yeah.
1: So sort the of 50s and 60s, it was mostly officers who participated in the battle. <clears throat> and, and again, yeah. I'm specifying officers, not so much other ranks. There were some classic yeah. other rank histories, and they were all mm. in in their various ways talking about who who fucked up essentially? Yeah, you know yeah, who, yeah, yeah. where yeah. the blame lies, and that's all very interesting. And and the debates about how the plan could have gone, should have gone, who did who mm. didn't do their yeah. bit properly is all still very mm. valid and still very interesting. Yeah. But the perspective of people on the ground is so much mm. more interesting. So you know, you take I did a book uh, show with uh, author Robert Matson about Audrey Hepburn, the actress. Of course, was in Ireland yeah, 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 or yeah, near yeah. there. Now that was for the, from the perspective of a biography about an actress, essentially. Mm. But mm. but hearing or reading her the version of her life because she was there and what impact she was having and going through the the war the the winter after Arnhem and that which was the massive you know um, food shortages and people yeah. not you know <clears throat> on starvation level food fleshes out the story of market garden so it, what it did for me was remind me that all those academic studies about who mm. fucked up are interesting, but there's this yeah. human angle of suffering. After the British went back <coughs> retreated mm. and they're still debating who did what wrong, mm. the Dutch are still there suffering because exactly, now they're exactly. they're being their their city's been blown apart and they're now see not reprisals isn't quite the what quite were, but there are mm. there's a situation there that is worse because the British and Americans have pulled back and that's the winter they had to go through. So it's fleshing out a story to get more sides <coughs> to it.
0: No, no, exactly. I think they're the sort of stories. As I think as you said as well about market garden, a lot of the accounts come from officers, etc. I think that's why I absolutely love, for example, Spike Milligan's memoirs. Yeah. Um, especially like I I've I've read the books and everything, but I I I love listening to him reading it through the audiobooks because it's it just brings a whole new dimension of just hilarity to the whole thing as well, which yeah. is just amazing. And because so obviously he talks about the civilians and that which he comes across in, in North Africa, in Italy, etc. And it's just It it brings a whole new depth. I think it's it's one of it's. I think personally, it's one of my favourite accounts of the war generally from obviously from the North African campaign, etc. But um, it's 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 the sort of the depth and the um, I think the humour is what sort of makes it kind of um, much more human and obviously extremely British in how it is as well. Well, certainly with Spike Irish, but still, um, yeah, it's just Uh, British Isles sensibility. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, no, I know. Mean, I it's, it's well. I mean, we did. We did the show about Spike Milligan, of course, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 <clears throat> since then, I've realised how many historians writing proper, serious studies of the Tunisian <clears throat> campaign are using Spike <clears> Mulligan's <throat> memoirs now as a teenager I like you have the audio. I've still got a, the cassettes up so I have, yeah, I have yeah. I've got to
0: transfer them to MP3 at some point <laughs> but I've got the cassettes they're, they're all on audible as well so yeah I mean the
1: reason my, my box has got it's got it's got Spike Mulligan's signature on it I bought the limited oh, edition so that's why I keep oh, the cassettes fantastic. even though I have no means that of playing the cassettes anyway I still, you know, as a teenager, mm. I was I was interested in the in the humor first. Yes, it was war yeah, stuff yeah. as well. But yeah. now realizing they are considered to actually be a very accurate account of the Tunisian mm. campaign, North African campaign, is really really amazing. You know, Peter Adam cites them and um uh, the the books on <clears> um I forget on the the, the, the Tunisian battle that there's Longstop Hill.
0: Uh, yeah, because he talks about the Argyles. Yeah, taking Longstop Hill, yeah. etc. And that, also talks that, about the um, um, Operation Oxtail with the Germans as well, where the, I think it was 5th Hampshire's, and then um, the Royal Artillery basically fighting, basically the Royal Artillery was eventually overrun, but the um, Oxtail was basically beaten off eventually. Um, but yeah, it, it's stuff like that, I mean, because he uses the regimental diaries, et cetera. Yeah. It's it, it's fantastic. And he was meticulous. I mean, he, you know, yeah. as,
1: as Jane, his daughter, explained, he had all the military <laughs> atlases, he had all the, the big operational books and, and obviously he was writing the book. It was a cathartic pro or well, the books were a cathartic process for him. He wanted to make people laugh because obviously he that was his main primary thing is yeah, make people yeah. laugh. But also <clears throat> he wanted to get the military detail right so that any former comrades could read it and go, "Yep, I remember that battle. That's exactly how it was there. And, and, and mm. so, yeah, fascinating. And yeah, it's <clears throat> interesting you mentioned him because he's to me combining all those areas that I find interesting, you know, mm-hmm. if you can, it's easier to convey history if you're making people laugh at the same time if you're hitting some kind of emotional note than just the regurgitation yeah. of facts and uh, exactly,
0: exactly. Now,
1: I get sent lots of books by lots of prospective <laughs> guests and publishers get in touch with me now and nearly all of them are, are, are very good but occasionally you get one where it's just very dry and you think yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's a story in here that is being lost in this, mm. this um, waterfall of data and information mm. that's coming my way that is I'm losing sight of. I don't. I don't really care what's going on the next page because you're bombarding me with, yeah. with too much stuff.
0: Um, I think. Th- yeah. I think because I think that's what's fascinating about it, it because because of the injection of humour, obviously being spiking and obviously with the how British shoulders are, et cetera, and the way they sort of communicate with each other being generally disgusting and hilarious is is yeah. it, it 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 allows you to sort of. Um, pick up on the historical parts he's talking about much more easily and it's much more palatable than say as you said like very very dry histories or documentaries etc that sort of just like just talk at you or this yeah. is what happened etc cetera, etc cetera, rather than saying from their point of view or through a comedic air in a way so it's much more as a like palatable which is great and it is it is interesting and intriguing to wonder whether or not
1: Spike Milligan's books will be will be challenged for their use of language we don't mm. use anymore and things like yeah. that. I mean, you know, and and I I I I like most people, I'm kind of trying to straddle that part between being progressive, <laughs> and I like kind of being accused of being woke because I like to think I'm thinking about modern ways looking at things, but I don't want yeah. to see books are brilliant being taken away because he uses a word there and Mm. there's there's warnings okay this book
0: may contain
1: language that we would consider outdated exactly exactly. it's complicated
0: i think people got really like he he was born in india as he put it on the regimental strength so it's um it's a case of uh it it was it, it was a different time and the way he was brought up was very very different and he's he, he, I think he even explained called his father a fascist once before in an interview because of the way he acted. And it's just like the whole atmosphere he grew up in. It's like it's a very different time and like it's yeah, I, I think you got you gotta take history with a pinch of salt in a way. Um, you can't, as I think I was always said, you can't put 21st century values onto the past. Like we, we can look at something and say that's not right or great or something, but it doesn't mean like we can't appreciate. The other things that it's brought as yeah well, I, well think, the,
1: yeah. I mean this is <coughs> i i pretty much hadn't heard of the word historiography a couple two or three years ago and now it's one of my favorite words because mm. this understanding that we now have a body of 80 years of work to look mm. at world war ii we can yeah. look at the way it was written about <coughs> then the way it was written about mm. in this period the written and then it was written about in this period and we can kind of chart the the progression and, and i don't want to see any of the previous eras removed there's books <coughs> Exactly, I now exactly. don't like written in the 1980s. The mm-hmm. whole um, the Germans were so efficient; we were crap.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Max yeah.
1: Hastings kind of writing Carlo Deste, the American yeah. author, were doing that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Martin Blumenson, to a certain extent, in the 70s, 17- you know, we were so crap, and the Germans were so good. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to see those books taken out of people's reading lists because <clears throat> you need to understand that's how it was written about now, and now yeah. we're in a in the in the John McManus, James Holland. <clears throat> um you know era and we are writing yeah. about it a different way and in ten years' time there'll be a different era. We'll have exactly. Exactly. hopefully I mean I'm I'm hoping I live long enough to see a proper broad study of the Normandy campaign written by a woman. <clears> just <throat> just because whether it'll be good or bad, I just there isn't one yet. The women women yeah. uh, there bit are they're, they're still writing mostly in the subjects that publishers think women readers would want. So women are still mm. Tending to fi- pick on the kind of the SOE area, the kind of the yeah, female yeah. pilots, the nurse, mm. and that's fine. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it, they've, they've broke, they've got through the door, uh, the mm. gatekeepers, but now yeah. it's like not just take on the jobs that we're allowing them to do, take on our mm. jobs, take on the jobs of the white middle class gatekeepers. Mm. And I think a, a DNA study by a, a, a woman would, would, would mm. add something. I, I don't know yeah. what. That, that And that's the reason I don't know what, is why it would be good, because they would be coming at it from yeah. a different perspective. Exactly, and exactly. We need a different <clears throat> perspective. It's obvious when you read a book by an American compared to a British, mm. there's a different perspective. Yeah. If, if if it's written by someone who was in the war or more modern author, there's a different perspective. Exactly, so exactly. therefore, gender would give a different perspective as well. So. <clears throat> Exactly. At this point, the more different views we have of these subjects, the more likely we are to be able to inform uh, create
0: our own informed understanding. Of what's exactly, going on. exactly, exactly. I think that that's the main thing. As always said, like the more information you have, the better picture you can sort of sew of um, the, the the picture you want sort of create in a way. Yeah, if that makes sort of sense. But um, yeah, yeah. And, and
1: there should never be a. I I have used <clears a> the <throat> word definitive when someone does a book, and I think, well, okay, this probably is the definitive book on this on that subject. But then mm. I think, well, no, that's a very restricting. You know, the, in mm. the it might be the definitive book right now, but a book might come out in five mm. years' time that that mm. becomes the then definitive for that period. I mean, Frank McDonough, uh, who wrote that wonderful double volume about the rise of Third Reich, and Frank's and Liverpudlian mm. and just retired actually. He's mm. got a new book coming. We retired from teaching, I should say. Oh, okay, and he was on my channel. He said, um. I fully expect my book to be out out of date in 10 years. And I'd like to think it'd be out of date in five years. And that's really, (laughs) that's really good to admit that that there will be different approaches. I mean, the big Mm. thing we're doing right now is how our, uh, the, the current events in ukraine will affect the way it'll have a physical effect on what archives are available in in russia because yeah, we don't yeah, know the outcome yeah. and yeah. what's going to go i mean Russia's now just said to, as they said today didn't they boris johnson is now no longer welcome in russia so yeah whatever. but that will mean historians going to archives <clears throat> may or may not have the same access they may have more access less access, who, who knows what's going to happen but there's that physical what's available but there's also how people will be interpreting it because we've been exactly. riding a yeah. bit of a the last 10 years or so have been but we must we must include the red army in our story we must yeah. include the russian contribution the soviet yeah, yeah. contribution and that's yeah. understandable that the soviets absolutely contributed <clears throat> massively to yeah. a victory yeah. in world war 2 but i can see that changing i mean
0: mm.
1: it'll be more swinging back to let's talk about what the west did because those russians yeah. they've just been responsible for hundreds of well tens of thousands of deaths and and and, and stuff so yeah that's interesting. That that the the current events that are tragic, <clears throat> by the way, folks, and we we hmm. you know our sympathies to everybody involved will affect how our understanding of World War II
0: is going to be appreciated in the next few months and years. Exactly. exactly. I think as that sort of puts a good sort of point on it, really, because you could sort of judge by how sort of the war is told by current events kind of thing. So you could sort of see Who's in more favor in certain points yeah. in through like the last um 80 years or so by what's happening in the current world? Like, for example, during the 60s, et cetera, obviously Russian contributions are a bit more subdued, et cetera, because obviously with the Cold War, with the Cuban missile Crisis, et cetera, et cetera. cetera were well, told in the West anyway. And then vice versa, with obviously with like how the history is told in Germany, for example, compared to the West, compared to the East Germany, et cetera, as well. It's it's this whole sort of thing, and it's 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 a very good um sort of a uh, sort of compass in a way to sort of point where like telling of the histories is going as well. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: yeah and, and that's where historiography <clears> doesn't <throat> work until you've got enough of a body of work to look at. You, you <clears> need some <throat> years to examine it, where the trends go. Mm. We couldn't have done it. We looked at historiography of World War Two in 1955 because you only had 10 years of study of the war, but now we've got 80 mm. and, you know, you can, you can make the case that American civil war, for example, the very best books have come out in the last 20 years, not 20 years after war, because now they've got 150 yeah. years of, of, <clears throat> of, of objectivity and historiography exactly. and looking at the, and, and so it's, it's an ongoing process. History is never written in stone. It's, it's written in pencil. You know, it's, 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 it's there to be constantly, uh, addressed, reanalyzed, reinterpreted by each mm. successive generation, each different nation. And it's interesting. We're now in an area where every country is, if we talk about nationalism, mm. is in a different place on the journey. And when I've done shows about mm. Romania recently, Romania mm. is very much struggling to come to terms with its participation in some of the nasty aspects of things whereas france where i live has in the last 10 20 years we've talked about this on my channel has Mm. is is almost happy to talk about its its complicity with the nazis (laughs) like yeah i could probably go into the other room now and switch my TV on, and there would be a documentary about france's role in the holocaust it's like Mm. yes we know it's happened and we're now going to make our own content about it and talk about it and we're going to claim that as our their own history but in a sense that they've learned from it kind of way so yeah so is in one place France is somewhere else Britain 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 we've got to get over we've got to decide what we feel about Churchill I think is our mm. he's our big thing that's kind of we're stuck on that yeah. and that connects with the battle of Britain the blitz spirit and everything but Churchill mm. is I think is our is a rock around our, 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 our on our shoulders in a weird mm. way that we we kind of need to say okay he's He's neither. He's neither completely good or completely bad. Mm. But the moment we're stuck with some people think, oh, he's the best we've ever had. Others say he is a villain. Mm. We've kind of got to accept he's
0: neither. He's somewhere in the middle, and mm. kind of move on. Exactly. Exactly. I think this. And and again, like it's a case of like, um, especially with Churchill, as you're saying, it depends who you're asking as well. As you asking, put, as you put it out, yeah, 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 when and like what country the person you're asking is from if are they from france are they from a certain part of france for example how do they feel about certain things like merzel kabir or things like that yeah, i think that's yeah, the yeah. whole yeah the whole thing as well. and yeah and and it it also depends on like, like what sort of political view, like side are they taking on the whole thing as well it it's 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 a minefield of
1: <laughs> it is i mean the one that got me the other yeah um a few weeks ago was um, because the, the, the thing that somebody all comes up with always comes up with Churchill was the Bengali famine of yeah course. Yeah, yeah yeah, and someone was and and that's an interesting debate, you know, mm. where resources were being sent and and it's an it's an interesting mm. question to ask, and you'll mm. get lots of different versions. Yeah of. yeah yeah. But what was I read this thing on Twitter that was doing the rounds? If someone said. The Churchill don't forget Churchill started the Bengali famine. I thought, no, how hang on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there, there, was a Japan, there was a Japanese not...
1: invasion of Bengali. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can definitely debate what the response was to it, but yeah he's not he's not a deity. He didn't actually <laughs> cause <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lack of rainfall. I mean, yeah. and and that I found it was extraordinary how it, it can go to such a level. You know that he's being blamed for starting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: okay. I think I think that's that's sort of the, the sort of horrors the horrors of social media in a way it can it can especially in the last sort of ten fifteen years it can start up so much falsehoods as well. Just about anything. Like it's 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 like oh we're starting a rumor at school, but this is completely different. You start a rumor on the internet it can explode into becoming within books etc by by within the next few years it it's insane things like that it, like with churchill with the bengali famine or um anything really or like yeah, and uh, we have any, to accept yeah. Yeah the, and there's any things
1: man. there's battles we can't win, metaphorically speaking exactly at pub Saturday exactly. night. And you know the the the, whole, the Napoleon being short thing, for example, is a really yeah, good exactly, example exactly. of it. it literally doesn't matter now how many academics come out and say, <clears throat> you know what, he wasn't actually that short, he was a, yeah. just about average height, maybe yeah. a bit higher he was, than he was, average height. He was taller than Nelson, so yeah. <laughs> The point is, the world has decided he was short. And if you, as a newspaper, want to have a cartoon and you want to immediately get your readers to understand that's Mm -hmm. Napoleon, you have Mm -hmm. to have the tricorn hat, um, arm in, uh, and then you have him shorter than the guys. And then immediately we all know Mm -hmm. that's Napoleon because he's a short ass. That's yeah, yeah. So, so there's certain things we can't we can't change. You know, we're, we're in this. The Americans Americans being more. Uh, dominant in Normandy kind of thing I think exactly, is something exactly. that we can't really compete with now That it is it is what it, Saving Private Ryan mm. and Band of Brothers for example exactly, um, yeah. have had a global reach <clears> throat> that throat> throat> all the historians who come on my show don't have combined times 10 so we have to accept <clears throat> the fact that Band of Brothers and I love Band of Brothers by the way yeah, exactly. had it, a it, huge effect on perceptions and all we can do is just <clears throat> try and keep We'll plug in a way to tell the stories you want Mm. to do and and appreciate those series for what they are, but understand that they have had an effect. And we can't, you know, you can't compare popular history, uh, you know, movies, the operation mincemeat movie that people are, I know are going to see it today. Mm. We know because you're a historian like me, we know the actual Result of that washed-up body is pretty insignificant. It's an incredibly brilliant (laughs) audacious. The planning behind it is really interesting. Ben McIntyre's book is really cool. Yeah, but did it shorten the war? No. Did it have any real effect
0: on that? No. No. But yeah, it's 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 almost like amazing sort of almost like heist kind of fictional idea in a way with how it sort of went. But as you said, yeah, effect really not great. Like with, with the whole broad picture of the whole war and the Mediterranean in general and everything else, it's like yeah, it doesn't really have much effect, but it does make a great story. Yeah, but yeah. if, if <laughs> a
1: newspaper, if the if the if the, <clears> if the Sun <throat> newspaper are going to be talking about the premiere, their, their yeah. headline will be new movie that talks about the story that shortened the war. That that yeah that that because that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like why hunting Hitler was not hunting. It was not hunting obscure Germans you've never heard of who may have got yeah. to South America. Yeah. It was hunting Hitler because oh, we, yeah. we know who Hitler is, and so <laughs> yeah. the the program works <clears> on <throat> that level. The simplicity of the title, but um, no, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. there's there's battles we can't win, and I mean I I fully know that in my my YouTube channel, which reaches the low thousands on a good day, is an absolute. Pissing in the wind in terms of what I'm doing to make to make a difference to the history world because you know mm. the 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 15 minute history stuff, the animated stuff. I've done some reactions. are are reaching, mi- I mean, millions mm. and
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: And that's it, you know. But I, I'm doing everything that YouTube says you shouldn't do. They say you shouldn't do <coughs> shows longer than five and ten minutes. You should have lots of you know animations mm. and things like that. You should never do them live. They, they recommend mm. editing it, making it. Mm. So I've got an audience it's a small one but they're loyal and they are getting I think good history but you have to accept the fact you I'm not going to I'm not going to change the world doing what I'm doing
0: exactly now. exactly exactly because I think you've got under something like you're not only making or producing or uh sharing history obviously for people to absorb etc but it's also for yourself in a way to sort of like you're creating something you enjoy you're creating something that you think is uh important etc I think that's the whole thing as well um which that's what i try to do anyway with my channel as well um and my videos can go on for however long depending on how much memory i have on my phone but um it's it's one of those sort of things i think that's why as well i've sort of branched into sort of doing small videos through things like tiktok and that as well um Mm -hmm. to try and maybe get on a wider audience um like for example um who i do the podcast alongside with um stephen davis he um has a YouTube channel called Living History UK as well as doing Living History UK on um, TikTok as well. And within the space of a year, he's reached over ninety thousand followers on there, which is insane. Yeah. It just it yeah, ch- yeah. shows the sort of quickness and that of that kind of thing. Um he does regular live streams though and everything. So he and he etc. And he he's trying to sort of um branch more out into sort of reproduction stuff as well, in the way of like creating World two like actual rations, etc. things of that sort of nature to sort of um expand people's uh historical knowledge on the way of like that sort of side of things i think it's like you saying it's a good way of connecting people with history is like through food for example because it's um it's that one thing that everybody uses obviously so that sort of side of things so
1: yeah no, I mean, uh, do you know Richard Townsley, Dickie Townsley? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know Dicky. Yeah. His, his, his TikTok one about, as I said, either surgery in the First World or Second World that be yeah, like one yeah, and a so- half million rule, yeah. views or something. I mean, that's yeah, just yeah, going yeah. absolutely viral. I mean, I've known Dickie for years and years and years and years and years, twenty years. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Although I do wonder with TikTok because <coughs> I'm not, I don't use it, whether yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more disposable. People kind of watch it but then they've moved on to something else immediately and they're you know, like a goldfish. they've forgotten that. Yeah. I mean you get tripping <laughs> away a bit but mm. they're kind of moving through things suddenly and mm. finding stuff again on TikTok isn't the yeah. same way as kind of the I yeah. like to think yeah. the body of work I'm doing will kind of still if I get run out over by a bus tomorrow the stuff I've done will still <laughs> kind of be there. True true true. Um and it's got it's accessible and and people can find it theoretically
0: but um <clears throat> Anyway, you wanted to ask me about living history as well because you brought up living history there. Cause... Yeah, 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 we'll, yeah, we'll go, we'll go on to that in a little bit. Yeah, so it, it's a bit of sort of a two and two with the whole TikTok thing. It's like, yes, it's sort of the people who sort of breeze through it, but also, it's it's sort of shown its sort of strength actually because, obviously, as I said, I did a talk at a festival which was the Living History UK festival which we hosted. Um, not we can just gone, back the weekend before. Um, we had about I think in total with the tickets bought online and tickets bought at the gate about fifteen hundred over the two days, fifteen hundred people. Uh, yeah. Which which for a for a channel basically that started only over a year ago is insane. And like yeah. it expanded. We had like like really big groups there. We had um uh people like Ramsey Green and Simon mm. Ruffin and Moore and that doing talks there as well. Um and do you know a guy called Dickie Bass? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was he did a talk on um um SAS Jeeps, etc. And he had his uh, group down the bottom near one of the um, barns, which was amazing. And Things along that lines. Um, sadly, um, Dickie Townsend couldn't come. I think he was working that weekend, but um, but uh, no, he honestly, he's he's great, he's great with knowledge on, on medical history is, is absolutely amazing because he um did the sort of medical stuff um, for like a training event we did uh last year for we did like a trench event, which was it was absolutely amazing. Is the way he sort of tells it is hilarious as well. Um, as well as when we afterwards when we were all drinking, me and him singing um. The time warp, but apart from that, yeah. <laughs> so I've just was... worked. I think I've known Dickie twenty eight years. Crikey, uh,
1: he would have been about thirteen or fourteen uh, when <laughs> I first knew him. So yeah, I I I have memories of him. If he's listening to this, he'll 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 remember this. My house <laughs> in Mile End Road in Colchester. We'd all <clears> been to <throat> the pub, and he may he may have not been. We may but no, we were drinking at home because he wouldn't have been old enough to drink in the pub. yeah, I, well, I was sensing he was going to vomit, and I remember picking him up. And I somehow, with two hands, I had I held him by his belt <laughs> and opened the front door and launched him out, so the vomit <laughs> went outside onto my driveway, not on the carpet that's my uh, an early memory of dickie Towns. but see where <laughs> he's gone in in the hobby the profession is absolutely amazing and yeah right at in the beginning he was always interested in the medical side of things i remember him turning yeah. up and his battle yeah. dress was a bit too big for him because he was still <laughs> quite coming, I mean, coming. he came out c- cadets really yeah and he had the shell uh the shell dressing bag and that was he said <clears> that i, w- I want to do something about medics and mm. we brought him into our living history group and and there he is still 28 years later one of the the country if not the world's kind of
0: living history medical experts which is in yeah it, it, it's it's fascinating and the the stuff he brings to the whole thing to tell the story the stories from the great especially well, simply from the great war especially is 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 fantastic it's absolutely fantastic and and it's it things like that and then obviously like in the regards to obviously living history etc obviously through that i got to know um uh, Richard Fisher from the Vickers Machine Gun um, Association, et cetera, which I'm, I've am i been doing a lot of work with him lately. And it's its fantastic. And obviously um, he did an episode with you regarding uh, tank machine guns, et cetera, which was really, yeah. really, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, and it's its having opportunities to do stuff through there, um, which, for example, with Living History, was, it been able to do for me, really, which is amazing. I never thought I'd be able to do these sort of things. Like 10 years ago when I was doing... Small railway events with a couple of friends. Um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing things like that. It all, it all comes back to the communication because because <clears> Dickie, <throat> of course, going back to
1: Dickie Townsley, he got his training, so to speak, at Kentwell Hall in Suffolk. So he was doing multi yeah. stuff with them. Mm. So he was taught that this is first-person living history. This is how you communicate there. Mm. And, mm. you know, the, in, in a weird way, I haven't worn a uniform since 2004. So my last <clears> event was the uh, Arnhem. Uh, oh yeah, in, yeah, okay, uh, of course, yeah, airborne jeeps and what have you mm. and although i i, I keep in t- i keep in touch with lots of people and i follow what's mm. going on part of me thinks there's st- it's still stuck where it was when i started it's kind mm. of the put pup tent up put ground <laughs> sheet in front of pup tent lay out yeah. kit on pup tent stand mm. behind uh plastic tape <laughs> and when people come along ask their <clears throat> answer their questions but don't mm. come to put on a show i know there's people doing a lot more yeah, than yeah. that but mm. a lot of living history reenactment is still in that place there, yeah. um, and I think th- there there needs to be more <clears throat> theater. Perhaps isn't the right word to it, but but multi um, multi sense approach to this, you know, to, absolutely to, to putting on a show and bringing people into <clears throat> a world um, more so. But mm. um, yeah, uh, but of course, as I always say, uh, having lived in Normandy for twenty years, I, I live in the w- where we're, reenactment, yeah, it's is Disneyland, 30s. yeah worst, basically. So, <laughs> Most of what I see is painfully mm. awful. And it has made me a bit cynical. <laughs> I've also reached middle age, so I'm getting more cynical anyway. So my friends here who who are not from a reenactment background, they kind of it gets to go kind of late May, they kind of Woody's gonna start getting angry, Woody's gonna start seeing <laughs> things and cutting on Facebook and saying, mm. Oh my god, I saw some <clears> people out today. So I, I try and I try and not do that. But yeah, it normally is where a lot of it is really poor.
0: Um, yeah, no, I think, I, I think as you put it in previous episodes in that, um, it's like the Disneyland of reenacting in a way it's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> mean, I've, I've seen goes so many things and
1: it, yeah, I mean, and the good stuff just gets lost in the, in the <clears throat> crowd, unfortunately, but <clears throat> that said, you know, cause I did a little, little series about living history. I'm still yeah, exactly. a fan of it as a concept, whether it's, whether it's living history or reenactment, but <clears throat> it's like <clears throat> anything else. There's good and bad. And, <clears throat> I think, like with YouTube, like with writing books, Mm. like anything, the the people who are doing it well can't do anything about the people doing it badly. All you can do is is keep on doing what you're doing and maybe hope that you send out some kind of aspirational message to the people who are doing it crap Mm. to elevate, but I don't think we're going to I get because I wrote that piece. From War History Online must be four years ago now about mm. reenactment standards. Every now and then I get a mm. Facebook message like, yeah, Are you the guy who wrote that article? I go, Yeah, <laughs> do you think anything's changed? I go, No, not really. And I don't think it will. I don't think you know that the people who the people we all know who are doing it badly don't want to change, they don't care. And so, so mm. I don't think there's anything you can do about them. They are, in a sense, a lost cause. All you can do is yeah. just say, Okay, what am I doing? Exactly, the same exactly. tour, tour, there are bad tour guides. Mm. Uh, there are good tour guides. My feeling is, if all the all the good tour guides keep pushing their game upwards, eventually, mm. the, the 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 bad tour guides won't get any work. That's exactly, they, they won't exactly. get invited to events. They won't, in in reenactment terms, they won't. Yeah. People say that lot really are hopeless. They'll have nowhere mm. to go.
0: So exactly, exactly. I, I, th- also, I think yeah. No, I think yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like. There's a, like, for example, analogy, like there's always bad builders and there's good builders. So there will always be a crap element to anything. Absolutely. And, um, and as you said, if you raise your game as much as you can, then obviously you'll get more attention. You'll get more airtime, as it were, in the sort of sense of like through events or whoever's organising something or whatever. But also as well, I think there needs to be a more... Um, Constructive way of like approaching it as well. Like attempting to help them. If you if they if they won't accept help, then they're beyond they're beyond relief. They're beyond mm. help. Um, but yeah. I think um, there's a case of it. We we can slag something off at this, that sort of thing, but we can't just just do that. We need to like if we can help where we can, let's do that. Yeah. And then I mean, I, will, that, yeah.
1: I made an attempt with the, the shows I did, mm. the Living Historians I had on, the reenactors <coughs> I had on, all yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Another string their bow. They weren't just yeah. reenactors. They either yeah, worked yeah. in museums or they were qualified historians or they yeah. were authors as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And people said, Well, you, you chose those because they were those. I said, Well, yes, I did, yeah. because
0: yeah.
1: there are there are people out there who absolutely despise <coughs> reenactment on any <coughs> level whatsoever, <coughs> and they are completely dismissive <coughs> of it. You know, historians I really respect who are very, very <coughs> vocal about this. And partly they haven't they've not seen the good side of it so they they are mm. very that they've they've seen the worst and there's a lot yeah. of bad out there to see absolutely but also, what I'm thinking is they mm. are though are unfair about about it because they would give if someone if someone had written a book and it was a really bad book they'd yeah. still yeah. give a bad book somehow more mm. status mm. than a bad living is done because a book has the, has a worthiness about it well it's yeah. a book yeah
0: you, yeah.
1: Whereas I think there's definitely a stigma that if you're just a reenactor, you're just a reenactor. Now,
0: yeah, you
1: know Taff Gillingham, who is probably the most respected, Abs- yeah, absolutely, yeah, World War One and World War II costumer, yeah. is basically just a yeah. reenactor. I've known Taff for longer than I've known Dickie Townsley, hmm. but Taff has no qualification. He hasn't got a. De- I haven't got a degree hmm. in history. I left school at hmm. sixteen. Me and Taff are very similar in that regard. We grew up twenty <laughs> miles apart. We're about the same age. And yet he's absolutely world-renowned for what he does there so he's exactly. when he when the when the 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 question comes up what is a historian you mm. know he quotes the oxford english dictionary which is you know mm. someone who ha- is an expert in history who <coughs> conveys information to others Taff is a historian mm. um now he doesn't have any sniffiness about what he does because he's been accepted but mm. he is in many ways just a reenactor. he wouldn't mm. describe himself in that way but that is where mm. he began and that is uh, yet he's regarded so mm. it, it. i don't know how the reenactment living history world can break out of this <clears throat> um th- this way they're perceived by others but then the same applies to youtubers <clears throat> or tour guides compared <clears throat> to academic history as well exactly, so yeah. e- and each of these areas are very um they're very um uh, closed off in some ways, they all kind of we, we are who we are. We don't want to collaborate with it. I, I yeah. like using everybody, you know anybody on my channel, you know, the authors, PhD candidates, reenactors, collectors who yeah. yeah. have just yeah. been running a website for 20. I'm, I'm doing a show about the Long Range Desert Group. <clears throat> too.
0: Oh, oh, fantastic. Jack,
1: yeah. My guest is basically just a guy. It's been his hobby. He, he does, mm. He's not ex LRDG. He's not ex British mm. Army. He's not an author. He's not a historian. Mm. He's not, you know, he is just a guy who has spent a long time playing with the vehicles, collecting mm. the gear, collecting the archives, putting the mm. stuff together, running a Facebook page, and now would be considered a really good expert. But is he a historian? Mm. I think he is. Some people would say, no, he's not, because yeah. he hasn't got this. I get letters, an email, or well, not letters, I get emails quite frequently. Every month I get them from people t- telling me I'm a fraud, I'm a fake, mm. I shouldn't be doing that. I've had people email or my guests saying, you shouldn't be going on World War II TV, that guy isn't the proper historian, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. So it's... <clears throat> Uh, and and by some definitions, I'm not a proper historian. depends what you mean by proper no
0: i absolutely agree like absolutely agree with you like it it doesn't take a piece of paper with some with say whatever whatever honors on it to say that you're a historian because anyone could be a historian in my in my view because if you're if you're telling history, if it' would be about um war or two whatever to your family. And you're trying to present it to people and in an interesting way, et cetera. You are telling because you're a historian in that sort of way. And no matter what you're doing, I think it needs to be a much more open thing because you, I I think, as you explained like earlier with other things, there's a lot of this gatekeeping, et cetera. Oh, no, you can't be a historian because you haven't got this degree from this university or whatever. So that shouldn't matter at all because there's some people who have these degrees who clearly don't know what they're on about as well so i think that's a case of like just because you've got a degree doesn't mean you know it or does it mean mean, yeah yeah
1: i mean from from my in in my sense my interpretation of a historian is Mm. you become a historian when other people seek you out for what you know so exactly if at some point in the last fifteen years, Dicky Townsley, who we talked about, became mm. a historian. In the people said, he's the guy who knows about the medical branches in World War One and Absolutely. World War Two. If I have a question, I will go <coughs> to him. At that, mm. it's not to do with an academic qualification. It's not to do with getting a book. It's at some point, and it's mm. it's not a it's maybe not on a particular day you wake mm. up and that day you are. It's a it's a kind of a <coughs> gradual mm. process where you are respected by your peers. And pe- mm. you know, I have people on my my lists of people who go. Who would I go to if I want to know about so if I want to
0: know about World War II rations, I would go to Ramsey Green. Exactly, exactly literally, as I was, I was literally about to say the same thing, yeah. And if well, I want to know
1: about American rations, it would be yeah. somebody else. And if mm. it was about uh army paper pay books, I would go to Alistair Taylor up in Scotland, part of Monty's yeah. men who could mass I think he's got like three hundred <clears throat> or something, original A B sixty four. So he knows hell, Wow. what they are. So <clears throat> by that regard, he is a historian. And so <clears> that th- that's that you know, when people who tell me I'm not I'm a fraud, I go well. Okay, then do you want me <clears> to
0: list the books where I've been given a thank you for yeah. giving me information? I can do that if I want to. Yeah, yeah anyway. I think I, say, I think when people say that as well. I said, well, it's like you don't have to listen to me. You can go anywhere else if you wish. Yes, and off I, is an option. Yes, yes, yeah, not exactly. watching me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's it's when people like comment on like videos or whatever. Like, oh, you don't know this? is so, Well, you can go elsewhere. If you, this is a free country, you can do what you wish. Do Um, do you get the
1: ones where it's not what you said, it's what you didn't say? You you didn't talk about this. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, You you could be talking for two
1: hours, and they'll say, "But you didn't do this." You go, "Yeah." There's always things I didn't do. There's always other things we could. Can you please judge me on what we did say rather than what Mm. we didn't say? I mean, there's some subjects I cover that are massive. You know, like the, the Battle of Normandy when do you start when do you stop so people say you didn't you didn't talk about this
0: okay no yeah and and especially like obviously you said about market garden as well like the whole in like the little finite details of it can be like expansive or or long like a even in like a hundred episode series you won't cover everything like it's 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 impossible You'll never get there, especially on your uh, and own. Opin- your head, right?
1: And opinions will never change. You, you can, <clears throat> exactly, you can out, exactly. you know that when we've done shows on people like Macarthur, Patton, some of the figures that are very <clears throat> divisive. Yeah there's very few people who go into those programs in that middle area where they're undecided. They go in loving the person or hating the person and yeah, nothing yeah. you say, or your expert is going to say is usually going to you yeah. there are a handful of people <laughs> exactly. who are in the middle, but they are real. <clears> mind. No, most people have made their decision years ago. Yeah. Nothing you're going to say is, is going to change their mind. that. Personally, I like to be, I like to be at my, my, my preconceived ideas to be challenged, then nothing satisfies me more than ending a stream and going, well, that's completely changed Mm. the way I analyze it. I might take a week to evaluate things and Mm. I may actually return to my original opinion Mm. or I may not, but nothing's Mm. more fun than going through that process of, 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 of analyzing your own <clears> position <throat> and realizing could I could I defend this in a pub? Could I, I? I used to think this, but now I've had this other alternative position. Could I now still defend my position on that? And you go, well, I think I think I could or maybe I could. Exactly. That's exactly. You, you've got to be open to new ideas. Um, no, no, it's it, important.
0: Uh, absolutely. Like if, if somebody used to talk about patterns. Like, I think for a long while, I I was sort of, sort of fond of pattern, et cetera, And then after sort of looking more into it, et cetera, and my, my Position to sort of changed to the almost opposite direction where I have a lot of distaste or pattern etc. But that's, that's that's from my view anyway. Absolutely, everyone has their own. <laughs> so I think that's the that's the thing about history as well. It's very much it's an um you're waging an opinion war, especially lately. Yeah, the way of like how history is told. So that's that's a case of what you've got to try and conquer over when you're making content like videos or TikTok or, or for like with this the podcast. It's a case of like um, trying to sort of like. Can we sway people from the prejudged opinions, etc., or give them something new to add to it, or along those sort of lines? So it's always one of those sort of things. Sort of and it, and you way. know
1: what? As I've learned, it's okay to <laughs> just say you don't know. You know, if exactly, someone now exactly. says to me, "What do you exactly. think of
0: pattern?" My
1: my default position now is, you know <clears> what. I don't really know. I still yeah. haven't yeah. really decided <laughs> there there are moments I think he's brilliant and there are moments mm. I think what an absolute idiot and it kind yeah. of thinks that, you know, <laughs> when people say to me what do they say well on what day I mean we did a show about the task force Baum you know they had to go and rescue his son-in-law from the prisoner of war camp that yeah. was horrendously awful mm. a mm. terrible decision terrible. You, you know, after <laughs> that you think oh how could anybody be in the pro pattern the mm. camp and then you look as some of his maneuvering of troops in Operation Cobra in Normandy, or you look at the way he turned his, uh, moved his army up towards Bastogne. You go, well, actually, that's pretty cool. It doesn't mean I like him. It just means you can just say, I don't, my switch doesn't need to be in the left or right positions. It can be, it can move or just sit in that. I don't really know, but we're in an era where it seems there is this need to just say, This is what this is, this is it. Exactly, you know, it's back to Churchill again. Mm. You know, my, my feeling about Churchill is there's things about him I incredibly admire, and there's things about him I really despise. And, and yeah. it's okay, it's okay to say that. And it's exactly, okay to exactly. say, You know, what I, I this, this particular time I quite like what he did. And I mean, and this occasion I didn't, I mean, but I, I'm I, I've never I, I'm not a Trump lover, I think it's fair mm. to say, who knows me. When he came to Normandy for the 75th, so I was what, two, 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 three years ago. Uh, mm, three, yeah. yeah, I was really wary about what he was going to say in his speech. And mm, people mm. knew I was, I wasn't, at <clears a semester. throat> I could have been, I yeah. had invited to go there, but mm. I was, I forget where I was, I was doing something else.
0: Mm.
1: And people say, oh, it's he's, he's gonna, I said, I'm really worried about what he said. But actually, mm. it was okay. What he yeah, said, his speech yeah. was okay. I was like, okay. And so, so my friends who knew I hated him were like, but you're saying his speech that okay because he was i'm exactly. not gonna say <laughs> i don't
0: like him but it was all right it was yeah. all right It could a lot
1: worse i've I heard think worse that,
0: yeah. i think this is the thing as well like especially with like today's with politics around everything it's very much it's very easy just to go oh i hate everything he does doesn't matter what he does even if it's good for something or someone or whatever it's it's just that, oh i absolutely love him no matter what how bad he does i absolutely love him yeah it's that having that nice middle ground when you can say so I can I can address things, they that person or whatever they do well or do bad, etc. And you have to take that on with history as well, because otherwise you'll never have a clearer picture of like the whole Body of things, or, or attempt to at least try and suss out a person and as best you can, anyway. Like for example, with Montgomery, there are things he did which I thought were fantastic, and the way he attempted to rebuild the Eighth Army, etc. When he came to North Africa and how he tried to put them through training and get them up to speed, etc. But there's also things like, for example, pushing on after El Alamein, etc. The sort of the sort of uh, cautiousness, etc. And um, how he acted in the Normandy campaign, after the initial landing, et cetera, like a bit like, okay, how does this work, etc. and obviously with Market gardening, et cetera, But as a whole, there are the good and the bad. So it's, it's, it's human, like with every person, like with exactly, Churchill, yeah. like with Patton, exactly. like with everyone, they're all human. They One of my favourite
1: stories, which I'll share with you, is I was having a <clears> few beers, <throat> a few years ago, <clears throat> Pete O'Meara. So Pete O'Meara played Dyke in Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Pete had gone for the role of Spears. He yeah, yeah. didn't get it. Uh, Matt Settle got the role of Spears. Yeah. And as a kind of a con- consolation, they said to Peter and "Thought, well, you were really great and you would have made a great Spears, but we've actually gone with, with someone else. We'll give you this role of Dyke. And, of course, Dyke comes in, just one episode, and you know he does the, 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 the falls apart, or the series shows him falling apart in Foy and Au Foy. The Belgian, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And it wasn't anything like as bad as it was. And people were, you know, it was very much told from a way in the series <clears> to <throat> have him failing so Spears can go in and become the yeah, hero. Yeah. That's how movie yeah. making works, the redemption, mm. if you like. And um, and Pete O'Meara had done some guy toying with, with us, he normally he'd been to various mm. places and we had been to Omaha mm. Beach and uh, with me and some other yeah. guys, and we were sitting having a few beers. I-, I was actually driving, so I wasn't having beers and Pete said. He said how many of us here at the end of our lives would like to be judged forever by history for the worst day of our life because whatever happened to dyke in foix in in, you know in the ardennes was Mm. clearly about the shittiest day of his life. You
0: know, yeah,
1: yeah. I've had those days. You've mm. had those days where everything you touch turns <clears> to <throat> shit. You piss people <clears> off. You upset people. You're cranky. Everything yeah. you do goes wrong. And then the yeah. next day, you go, "Okay, I'll make amends." And you go and apologise yeah. to people you're an arsehole to. You you <laughs> delete all the document, the, the word document you've started <clears> to start <throat> again, and you, and you and you 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 reset the clock, so to speak. Yeah. In military in military environment. If you have a bad day, people get fucking killed. They, they yeah, actually yeah, die yeah. under you. And that is judged, and reports are written, and people, you know, telegrams go to the next of kin and things like that. And Peter Amiro said, you know, he, he got a things. He said, Because that's what happened to Dyke. Essentially, he was judged forever by the worst day of his life. Yeah, And he said, I'd now like to think, because he'd heard about, we were talking about a guy on on Omaha Beach who earned the Medal of Honor, Jimmy Monteith. And he said, I wonder whether Jimmy Monteith on Omaha had a moment where he thought it was going to go. There was maybe a moment that day where he thought, Mm. Jesus Christ, it's all going wrong. What am I going to do? And maybe someone in his platoon just gave him a little look. Mm. Or he just found a, a little bit of strength from somewhere he and he just felt you know you can do this jimmy and something happened and he just had that tiny moment where he made that next step and maybe dyke was a whisker away from having that moment and just when he looked to someone to get a little bit of something that person was looking the other way or that moment didn't happen and it's a terribly fine line between that moment when you go on and you save the day and you knock out the machine gun and you become a hero and you earn the medal and and, and you don't and someone else does it for you and And Mm -hmm. and it's one of those profound moments in my life, when I've tried to kind of take that forward and say, when I'm criticizing (coughs) a general or a commander Mm -hmm. or someone is go, you know what, try and look at their whole careers, try and, you know, when people come in slamming Montgomery or Patton, they were also human beings, they had friends, they had families, Mm -hmm. they had wives, or to go to (coughs) in Montgomery's case, his wife had died, and just just Mm -hmm. give him that, do you get the fact the guy's wife had died, you know, just give him, they're, tr- they're not trying to do things <coughs> bad. They're trying to do things the right way. We can be judgmental about the Nazis because they were, they were <coughs> thoroughly rotten. And some of the the, you know, the Japanese were <coughs> thoroughly rotten. But our <coughs> allied guys, Patton, MacArthur, Alexander, all they were <coughs> trying to do the right thing. They didn't deliberately yeah. make any wrong decisions. And I think cut the guys a bit <coughs> of slack and just <coughs> try and debate them with a bit of respect
0: for exactly. what they, that they did. Exactly. And especially in like Montgomery sort of case as well, you've got like the pressure from Eisenhower, the pressure from Churchill, and the pressure from all any like other subordinate commanders. It's like, and you're, especially with like the initial landings in Normandy, et cetera, your allied ground commander, it's like, it's that's a lot of pressure on someone. And then obviously going into sort of market gun, it's like, it's as I said again, they're human. Pressure affects people in crazy ways. And, and yeah, it, right. things can, yeah. It's just one of those things but um, it, it
1: is and it's just it, it is. It's, it's maintaining <coughs> respect and, and and trying to kind of always put yourself in a what would I be doing what would I have done if yeah. I was there yeah. and, and and just cut people a bit of slack and be a bit be a bit yeah a, a, a perceptive of the fact that you know it's very easy to correct these things like the armchair generals yeah and I'm one of them myself and you are one of them. <laughs> yeah. It's very easy to look at somebody and yeah. go, Well, don't do that. Make sure you have that. Have that air cover there. Okay, I won that one yeah. suddenly. It's very yeah. easy doing it. We all can pick the best team to have won the FA Cup final the next day. When our exactly. team has been stuffed exactly. 3-0, we can all say, Well, I would never <laughs> have played him on the wing. Yeah. I'd have played him through the middle there and done that. I, that we'd yeah. have definitely
0: won five so Mm. It's doing it in advance <laughs> exactly exactly like exactly hindsight is 2020, so yeah it's just a case of like yeah yeah it's yeah. it's one of those things um good thing as well that like obviously you um did reenacting living history and that was sort of as you dropped about what 2004 you said yeah um are there any little bits like you've also like and where like collecting do you like try to like get little bits here and there or are you carrying on that as best you can obviously uh... being in Normandy.
1: I I I, I have, I've I've been collect- I, I was a collector first, then reenactor. Then yeah, after yeah. I stopped reenacting, I was still collecting for a while. Um, yeah. and metal detecting, things like that. And then ultimately I just kind of knocked most of it on the head really. I That's have funny. a little cabinet where I have a few bits and pieces and family medals, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diaries, Bibles, things like that, dog tags. <clears throat> I have a couple of spent cases I picked up at a certain place that I put a little mm. little kind of little little jiffy bag thing with like a yeah, yeah. where I picked it up on what date. Oh, but really, I've got rid of most <clears> of that stuff. <throat> what I do have is my books. The 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 the, mm. the you know, I've got books signed by veterans, many books signed by authors. That yeah. is now my only collection. That's a few art prints. Yeah. But the military itself is kind of <clears throat> gone really. I mean, if yeah. someone said you need to come out and wear a uniform, I've, I think I've got a windproof smock downstairs somewhere. I've yeah. got a, <laughs> I've got a not a very good replica <clears throat> Dennis, and I will buy myself a better replica Dennis at some point. <laughs> um um I think that's about all. I've got, I've got my 37 pattern web belt. I've still I've got my great uncle's map case. Got a, I've got a replica Tam Shanter with London Scottish cap better. I've got a few bits and pieces but Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I that basically I decided I one. not decide I move sideways one of the things that I feel very not sad about that's implying pity but there are there are friends of mine who are reenacting before I was who are still doing it and I'm kind of thinking when are you going to knock it on the head at what point (laughs) do you start looking a bit too old to start doing so most of the people who are older than me have moved into home guard Mm -hmm. they've moved into whatever yeah but i was lucky that i could move sideways so as far as i um i, I know i can keep on talking <laughs> about world war two till i'm dead i can have a beard i can have a slightly bigger <laughs> middle than i had when i was 18. it doesn't stop me talking about world war two so the, the 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 tragedy of living history reenactment which you will find how old are you
0: i'm 27 now
1: see so, so you will get to a point where you start yeah. looking in the mirror yeah. going oh do i do i still
0: cut it <laughs> I think I that, still... I think that's that's why I want that's why I've been trying to push more into the sort of historian side of it much more like with doing talks etc and trying to like with different like job opportunities etc and, and the way of like I attempted well I was hoping to get a job with the Hampshire Regiment Museum in Winchester that sort of sadly fell through just because like they were like oh well there's more qualified people I was like okay but you know <laughs> like you win some you lose some it's just one of those things especially with like job etc it's like yeah you try to um, expand but um but I think that's why I'm quite enjoying through things like Living History UK and also helping people like um Richard Fisher and that as well getting more into that side I'm I'm discovering more things and um becoming more involved with obviously the Vickers machine guns etc so Finding more things out about them and the history, etc., which is also just absolutely fascinating. And helping out with projects like um, with the hundredth uh, anniversary of the disbandment of the Machine Gun Corps, be helping out with that hopefully as well. Um, down at Bisley, which would be absolutely amazing. Um, and things to that nature. So, it's expanding my knowledge on there, and hopefully that gives me another outlet. Um, outside of sort of the um living history reenacting sort of realms, that sort of um. Yeah, make, look, might look good on a CV as well if I ever want to yeah, know, expand on yeah, yeah. the job as well. So doing things like that, it's it's, it's just one of those things that I just, I just find absolutely amazing that thanks for, thanks to this hobby, it's enabled me to look at more things in a career mindset rather than just a hobby mindset, if that makes sense. Mm, no, definitely. That's a that's a
1: wise move <coughs> to make. And it, it kind of connects with something that I think <coughs> in the future, one of my hopes is that when an author is doing a book on, let's say, uh, the King's Own Scottish borderers at Market Garden. Yeah, it yeah. won't just be a book, it will actually be a release <clears> of a kind of a multimedia thing where yeah. the book will include the 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 scan code so you can go to a website where the aerial mm. photos are available there in high resolution <coughs> the yeah it'll have the connection to the pathway and the imperial women's in footage that yeah. accompanies yeah. that particular thing there it'll go to a display where a reenactor <coughs> would or living his would be standing mm. there you can do a 360 you know what was what was a guy in the king's own scottish border was wearing at arnhem yeah. and you can so it won't just be here's the book it'll be here's the project
0: yeah
1: and it will exactly. be uh, possible for all these different people <clears throat> who are conveying history in different ways to work together so so that the reader has um, a, a, a complete picture of things because you, mm. you know what it's like you're reading a book and you've got a layering on photo there you I can't really make the details in there if you could yeah. just click a link and then there's the photo and you could pour in on it and the mm. every wouldn't it be great where the footnotes always include the Google Earth coordinates of where the person yeah. places that, that, uh, that,
0: that would be awesome, idea, wouldn't actually. it? You know, and, <clears throat> yeah. and we're
1: not quite there yeah. yet, but we're getting to that kind of way mm. where people will start because they're using Google Earth to do the research. Mm. Mm. So it's now a question of okay, so here's the book, but then here are the here are the downloadable routes. Here are the, mm. here's how mm. you can like the James Holland Sherwood Rangers book, for example, <clears throat> could, yeah. could have included because he was there putting that route together. He it yeah. could have yeah. included here's the uh, here's all the uh, the stop off points so that if you go to nomad you can follow mm. this too so i think that will be hopefully where all the people who are coming at world war 2 from different um
0: directions will merge mm. in this kind of release of media but you know a- absolutely absolutely cuz cuz also and uh, and there's also um a certain uh i think certain access point for google earth as well that you, there is functions where you can do it where it uses like older photographs and that like aerial photographs to map yep. it out as well which is also i think quite a good um tool to be used I well think, the project sort of 44
1: aspect. canadian website is brilliant for <coughs> like that which you haven't yeah. seen that one is amazing i mean it's, it's yeah. still mostly canadian army, they're going to be doing british army and stuff as well and it's, oh, so fantastic. you can have all the different overlays and the war yeah. diaries come up but it's a voluntary thing but they need to you know the historians need to know that that place exists they need to work with the yeah. historians the author needs to you know and Mm. which we're, 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 again comes back this idea of the middle-aged white gatekeepers of history. <clears> there are people writing who are writing the same way they <clears throat> were 30 throat> <clears> throat> years ago, which <clears throat> is fine. Their books are still brilliant, but these <clears throat> people need to embrace what's available <clears throat> as well. And publicly, yeah. say, okay, you, you can't just do the book, Fred. You've got yeah. to do the multimedia package as well. You will have <clears throat> to go and do YouTube <clears throat> presentations and podcasts, things like that. <clears 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 <throat> that. And um, <clears> and that way we, we can move forward. Because one of the things that I, where I have an author on my channel, and they say, you know, that because they kind of think, we're going to suddenly get loads of book sales because they appear on a channel and you go, well, you'll get some. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of my audience don't buy books. Now, I find yeah. that very weird because at 53 years old, <laughs> if I want to know about a subject, I buy yeah. the book and I buy yeah. the actual <laughs> physical copy. I don't do Kindle unless I actually have to.
0: Yeah, I'm never um, been a fan of Kindles. I like, I like the pages. Yeah, yeah but, I, yeah.
1: but yeah. my my stepdaughters their primary mm. understanding of things is the internet. I mean, they yeah. have got yeah. books. They're not. They're yeah. not completely. Yeah. But the point <laughs> yeah. is, there are people who watch my channel and they listen to History <coughs> Hack and they go to uh, the Rich Vickers' um, YouTube channel, who don't buy books. that they, they mm. won't mm. buy those bound books, which is now selling of the you know the the, the manuals and stuff. They won't, but they exactly. will watch his videos. Now, will mm. they support him? Some of them will. Some of them won't. But the point is, those people are there, and that is. Yeah. We we again, it's like the Band of Brothers thing. That's how people are learning about things. People yeah. are going onto YouTube. They yeah. are going and listen to podcasts. We either bring those people in with us. It's like the video game thing. <coughs> I know historians yeah. say whenever they get contacted by a video game company, they just they just ignore the email. And I go, well, why? That's respond because mm. they're going to make presumably if a video game company contacts historians because they're going to make the game anyway. They're going to make a game yeah. about the yeah. whatever. Let's let's say it's the King's Zone's got his borders at like <coughs> Arnhem again. That's my yeah. analogy. <laughs> but if they contact someone who's written a book about the King's and Scottish Borders at Ireland and that person doesn't respond to email, they'll go elsewhere. <clears> if yeah. you respond, you might be able to have those game makers incorporate stuff from your book, helps yeah. your book sell, makes sure the video game is yeah. more accurate. It helps
0: everyone yeah. at the end of the day, yeah.
1: Exactly. So I just because it's a video game, there's some people who look, oh, it's a video game. I don't yeah, care. So, yeah, about they turn their well, the
0: nose up at it. Like the whole with... With reenacting as well, some people turn their nose up at it, and and like with other things as well, they sort of think, oh, that's not that's not going to be able to tell history well, or or whatever it may be, whatever subject it may be. I think that's just one of those things. Well, there's, and, the, uh, there's
1: the big the big World War Two <coughs> the big D Day event in the states is uh, Connaught, I think, is now higher or something. yeah, 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 and. And uh, I've got people who go there, and, and it's got a not a brilliant reputation. it have got a, yeah. bit of, a bit of a farby kind of reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the point is, <clears throat> its reach is enormous. Yeah. W- way more it's thousands insane. of people go and attend that event than will ever <clears throat> in that state read a new book on D Day. So, Absolutely. my feeling is, there's an audience there the historians who who turn their nose up and say, well, that's all wrong. There should work Mm. with these organizations and say, you know what? You're not, those obstacles weren't in that shape. there. here are plans of how the German obstacles were set up. Can't Mm. we work together? So we make them the right type. Can't we Mm. try to aspire to improve and things like that? And then eventually you get a better product because
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So
1: the the reach of these things is incredible. You know, Mm. the the, the bad reenactors who, who choose to march through the, the town in the town carnival or whatever it would be us being seen by lots of people so Mm. we should try and bring them with us rather than just tell them how
0: shit they are but exactly 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 like we 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 can we can point out yeah where things are wrong but if we don't um progressively attempt to like help them or improve things it's never going to improve and something will always have a bad name we can't keep sitting in our own little camps with like banging down the hatches and saying, oh, we're not having anything to do with the outside world kind of thing. We need to sort of cross boundaries and help and branch out to make things more better for everyone included. Really? It really yep. used to be. It's all, it's all a learning curve every day a <clears throat> school day. It's
1: Absolutely. all about improving your own things. I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm now looking at going back and redoing some of my early shows. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It was a bit clunky. Why don't I bring <clears throat> the guest on again? Kind of essentially do a, uh, you know a, um, a remake reboot the mm. uh, genre mm. kind of thing exactly, exactly better cameras better technology better powerpoint presentation they're not, they not necessarily delete the old one although maybe yeah but you know but, but that's you know, i could just say <coughs> okay no that's it it's that that's it that's all it's going to be i can't get any better no but to be to aspire to do better i think mm. is, is is good and i and you know i i'm learning all the time and and it's important to always keep on that quest to learning more stuff and finding better ways of communicating and finding better um uh, versions of stories
0: and better mm-hmm. history and keep on debating those those things <clears throat> that need debating fascinating it's been great having you on I really really appreciate you um taking the time out to uh to talk to us so um so really we really appreciate it thank you paul for joining us um hope to maybe if you want to come on again maybe in the future that'd be that'd be fantastic as Happy well. to- and and um, yeah no absolutely and um